This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. So because it's AGM next week, uh, my brain has been thinking about church. And I'll let you in on a secret. I think about church all the time. It's like I go to bed thinking about church. I wake up thinking about church. You know, and even when I'm doing casual activities like you know, mowing lawns or riding motorbikes or out fishing, you know, my brain just can't switch off because, you know, it's, it's just church isn't something we do. Church is actually who we are. You know, it's, it's who we are as a people. And, and I, I don't want this just to be a rah, 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 rah sermon because I want to tell you, in today's world, it's dangerous to be the coach if you haven't noticed. Because if the team isn't performing, everyone goes, the coach, the coach, it's the coach's fault. And so I don't want to bring this message and it just be a rah-rah moment and have that emphasis maybe. And, you know, I don't want to feel like a coach where I'm in the pre-game thing where it's like, that moment, you know, I don't want that. But on the second hand, you know what? I do want that. I actually do want that moment because sometimes what we have to do is we have to be inspired about who we are before we believe who we are. And so I'm hoping today that you will leave this place and you will understand that you are the church. And that is not just a small statement. That Because, see, identity is really important. I spoke the other week about branding. And I spoke at our Saturday night about the importance of brand and about how, you know, companies spend millions and billions of dollars on branding. Why? Because it's important. And, you know, I can do it again to you. I'm loving it. What do you think of when I say I'm loving it? Maccas. Because they've branded it. You know, let's go old again. You're soaking in it. Palm olive dish liquid. And all the young people are going, what's palm olive dish liquid? So branding is so powerful that even years later, even years later, we still remember, um, in actual fact, we remember products that you can no longer buy. You know, we remember those things. Why? Because the branding is important. Well, I want to tell you, your identity is super important because if you don't know who you are and if you don't believe the word that God says about you, then you have trouble actually carrying that out. Can I just let you know you make lousy sinners? That's the truth. We make, yeah, 100%, Ashley. Hallelujah. We make lousy sinners. Why do we make lousy sinners? Because it shouldn't be part of our identity. It's not who we are. I love the fact that the Apostle Paul, when he's writing to the churches, and some of them were very naughty churches, he's writing to the churches and he's saying things like this, saints. Because that's who you are as a born-again believer. You're a saint in the kingdom of God. And so there's this moment where it's like, if you relate to yourself as a sinner, guess what you're going to do? Sin. It's easy to sin when we just say, well, you know what, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, I am a saint. You know why I'm a saint? Because I carry the DNA of our Lord Jesus Christ upon my life. If you're a born-again believer in this place, you are a saint. Oh, saintly ones. And all the St Kilda supporters should be going, oh, when the saints. So identity is really important. So what is the church? 
basically the easiest way for me to describe what the church is, the church is this, is it's a congregation or assembly, um, Christ's assembly or group, those who are called out, those who are called out. So let's go to John chapter 17 because I need to get into it today. <laughs> Otherwise, we're not going to finish and we need to finish somewhere. I'll leave you in a secret. Most time preachers don't finish. They leave stuff unsaid. So John chapter 17, verse 9 This is Jesus praying. We looked at this the other week. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. Do you understand this morning, and hopefully you'll understand this as part of your identity, you have been given to Christ. How exciting is that? You have been given to him as a gift. Now, there's gifts and there's gifts, are there not? I mean, some gifts are just like, what? My sister gave me an Elvis impersonating kit once for my birthday. I opened it and I went, what was she thinking? Because I want to tell you, if I'm going to dress up as Elvis, it's going to be right before he dies. Is going to be the look I'll have to go for. Not the slick back hair from the early days. It's like when he was eating those four litres of ice cream for lunch and that sort of stuff. It's not a good picture. And, And so there's this moment where it's like, you know, some gifts, but you are a good gift that has been given to Jesus Christ. You are a great gift. All who are mine belong to you. You have given them to me so they bring glory to me. Part of our identity is we bring glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Verse 11, now I am departing from this world. They are staying in the world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Again, unity. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Let's just pause there for a moment because it's important we understand we are in the world but we don't belong to the world. You know, and I spent some time unpacking this the other week when we looked at this scripture, and so I won't go over it too heavily this morning, just to remind you that part of your identity is, yes, you're in a world, but you're not part of the world. And I guess the best way I've found to describe that and the best way I've been able to get it through my brain is I am in the world, but the world is not in me. That's the object. And so here's Jesus saying, well, don't take them out of the world because the world needs them. And so part of our identity is the church because we are the church. You're going to hear that statement a bit today because we are the church and we hold the identity of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Our purpose of church is to bring glory and honour to the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to understand that we are in this world. You cannot escape this world. You know, church is not meant to be locked away from the rest of society, locked away in a community. No, we are meant to be salt and light that have an effect everywhere we go. You know, young people, when you go to school, you need to understand that you are salt and life in that school. And when people come to you and they'll say, we don't like what you believe, you need to go home and go glory to God. 
because the Bible says they will hate us because of what we believe. They will persecute us because of what we believe. It's part of our identity is that we are meant to be different to the world around us. So how does the church look? What does it look like to be in church? Well, number one this morning, I want to tell you that the church is beautiful. You are beautiful. And I don't just say that every Sunday for the sake to gather some credits and some brownie points. I say that because the church is beautiful. The church is wonderful. The church is beautiful. Let's go to Psalm 84, because some of you don't look like you believe it. There is a wonderful beauty about the church. It says this, Psalm 84, verses 1 through to 4. How lovely are the dwelling places, O Lord, of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow builds a nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's armies, my King, my God, what joy for those who can live in your house are always singing your praise. Think about this. How lovely are your dwelling places? You know the place where God dwells is lovely? The place where the presence of God is, is beautiful. Now, New Testament, this is the way it works. New Testament, God has chosen your heart to be his dwelling place. Guess what? That makes you beautiful. That makes you loving. And so church is a beautiful place. Now, you might say to me, but Pastor Trevor, I've had some experiences in church that weren't too lovely. And you know what? Welcome to the club. I was talking with someone a while ago and we were talking about, it was another pastor, and I actually made a comment. I said, some of my most joyous moments I've ever had have been in church. And some of my most devastating moments I've ever had has been in church. Now, because church are filled with people, any people here? Hopefully there's some people here. <laughs> you know, the fact is when people get together, Sundays we become like the Corinthian church where our flesh starts to rise up, you know, where things start to get in the way of what we're meant to be doing as church. And I think some of that is because we don't understand our identity. We don't understand what we should be doing as church. But church is a beautiful place. You know why you're beautiful? Because we are the church. We are the church. It's a beautiful place. I love going to church. I love going to other people's churches. You know, I love mixing with other Christians. You know, I uh, went out for lunch yesterday. My daughter came up for lunch yesterday and we went out for lunch and there was a bloke came into the cafe we were in and when this person left, or when we left actually, Lauren said to me, that person's a Christian, aren't they? And we went, well, yes, they are. And she said, I could tell because he was jovial. He was happy. He was, you know what, there was a beautiful aspect about his life. And it didn't come just because of his smile. It came because of the presence that he was carrying. And I love the fact that I can tell whether someone's a Christian without them telling me just because of their outlook on life, because they're a beautiful person. So let's go to Genesis chapter 28. This church is beautiful. It's a pleasant place to be. Just let you in on a little thing that happened to me once as a pastor. And this isn't meant to be a criticism to the pers person, 
But what happened was I had this person sitting in my office one day and said, the church has no love in it. The church doesn't care. And I said, that's interesting. I said, what is the church? And they went, oh, it's a simple question. They went, oh, I guess I'm part of the church. And I said, correct, go and fix the church. Now, you might say, that's a bit nasty, Pastor. That's not very pastoral. It was very pastoral in this aspect of everything they looked at was critical because we can come from a standpoint. I, I want to tell you, if, if, I, people come to me and say, this is wrong with the church. Well, that's only half of it. I can fill you in on the rest of the details that's wrong with the church if you really want because the fact is we're not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. But I want to tell you, this is a beautiful place. You are beautiful people. Why? Because we are the church. So in Genesis chapter 28, verses 16 and 17, it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, Surely the, surely the Lord is in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. Think about that statement for a moment. Here's Jacob, he's sleeping and all of a sudden it's like he has these visitations from God where he sees angels ascending and descending from heaven and he makes this statement, he says, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Can I let you know that as the church, this is an awesome place. It is an awesome place. You are awesome people. Why are you awesome people? Because we are the church. All right, let's go to the end of the book, Genesis, uh, Exodus. No, Revelation. My brain is really foggy at the moment. I've been fighting this main event cold all week. It's all these young people fault. I went to main event and I came home and, you know, on Tuesday it was like, I don't feel so good. I had some snotty teenager sneeze on me or something like that. But that's okay. I had a great time. I did until Tuesday. And it wasn't so good. Revelation chapter 19, we need to understand who we are in Christ, that corporately we are the church. Let us be glad and rejoice. This is verse 7 of Revelation 19. Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honour to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. The bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. Can I just let you know on a little secret that you are the beautiful bride of Jesus Christ. The church is the beautiful bride of Jesus Christ. I worry sometimes the way we talk about the church because we're talking about his bride. We need to understand we're not just talking about anyone. We're talking about his bride. And I learnt this many years ago. I am very careful about what I say about the church. Why? Because it is the bride. Not just the bride, it is the beautiful bride. Jesus looks at us. He is besotted by us. Why? Because we are the church. We are his bride. I remember the day, and I've spoken about this before, but I remember the day that I stood on this stage and my beautiful bride walked through the switchboard because that's where the front doors were at this stage in the church and walked along the back of the church and down this aisle and Pastor Ian Fenn who married me, he tortured me because what he did was, because he pastored this church previously 
And at that stage, we were in between pastors, so I rang up Pastor Ian Fenn and I said, hey, we don't have a pastor at the moment, would you do the honour of doing my wedding? And he said, of course I would, Trevor. And, and so what he did was he made me stand with my back like this until my bride got to the end of this aisle here. Why did he do that? He said, I'm going to make you do that so when you turn around, you get your, to view your bride in all of her glory, not just the side and you know what? So I'm standing there like this, and I can hear people going, oh, beautiful, so pretty, all these things. And I'm standing here going, is she there yet? <laughs> He's going, no, wait longer. I'm trying to do the sideways look and all that sort of stuff. So I, I, I want to tell you, don't talk bad about my bride. You know, we, we've been married a number of years, like lots of years. I mean, ancient of days years. You might say, Pastor Trevor, how many years have you been married? I've been married 33 years. Long, 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 long time in the schemes of things. And so, you know, like this, but I want to tell you, still don't talk bad about my bride. You know why? Because she's beautiful. She's wonderful. She's such, she has my heart. And because she has my heart, there's something about her that, I mean, you other women, you're, you're okay. But she's my bride. Honestly, she's my bride. She's my precious bride. And so when I look at her, I look at her differently to what I look at other women. My heart is different towards my bride. I want to tell you, don't speak bad about Jesus' bride. Why? Because she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Now, again, I'm not excusing mistakes that are made in church because I want to tell you, church is messed up in some areas. Church has made some drastic mistakes. The organisation of church has been really bad to some people. There is no reason the bride of Christ should be in an abusive relationship with someone else. There is no way that that should happen. And Jesus doesn't want that. He wants his bride to be beautiful. So I'm not excusing the mistakes that church makes. And I think in some respects we have to call out those mistakes in a way that still honours. But you know what? The church is beautiful. Why? Because it's his bride. So what else can we say about the church today in the rest of the time that we have? If you're taking notes, number two, not only are you beautiful, but we understand the reality of eternity. I think the church has an edge over every other I'll call it organisation. Now, I'm not calling the organisation, the church, an organisation because it's more than that. We are the church and that's important. But as the church, we have an understanding of the reality of eternity that the Lions Club does not have. We have an understanding of eternity that the local youth club does not have, that the local football club does not have. You know, our clubs and our other organisations in our society they are fighting to survive one week to the next. Our cricket clubs and our football clubs, they are fighting to survive and some of them are wondering whether they're going to even be able to field teams next year. But as the church, we understand that it's far more than just the here and now. We have an understanding of the reality of eternity. And I hope that this sinks into your heart as the church this day, is you carry the reality of eternity. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 9, very sobering verse. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28. So this is Hebrews chapter 9, 28, uh, 27 and 28. 
And just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes the judgment, so also Christ has offered once and for all a time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sin, but to bring salvation to all who eagerly await for him. See, this is the reality that we understand as church, that we are destined to be born and to die and face the judgment. There is an understanding that we should have as the church that heaven and hell are real places, that our decisions that we make now actually pave the way for our eternal future. Now, sometimes what we do is we, and I did it last night because it's the thing we say, is, you know, pray this prayer if you want to receive Jesus and have eternal life. The truth is we all have eternal life. Whether we're born-again believers or whether we're the worst and the foulest sinner on the earth, we all have eternal life. The choices we make today actually determines where we will spend that eternal life. That moment when we die, where we will go, whether we go to heaven or whether we go to hell. And we understand as the church, because we are the church, because we've made that transition from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, we understand the difference between the two. And so as the church, because you are the church, we need to understand that we have the reality of eternity. So what else could we say about the church this morning? Can I say, as the church, you are carriers. You are carriers. You carry certain things that the world does not carry. And I don't have time to fully unpack this this morning, but as the church, because we are the church, we carry things that the world needs. That's why that scripture we read in John chapter 17, Jesus didn't want us taken out of the world. He wanted us left in the world. Why? Because we carry things that the world needs. So as the church, because we're the church, we're carriers. Now, some people carry things that other people do not carry, don't they? I mean, if you have been diagnosed at the moment with COVID-19, you're considered a carrier and you have to lock yourself away because you're infectious, because you don't want to be sneezing on people and that sort of stuff. And so, you know, you're, you're deemed to be a carrier of a virus. Well, I want to tell you, as the church, because we are the church, we carry his presence with us. Oh, come on, church, you carry his presence. That's why it doesn't matter where you go. You carry his presence with you. I speak to the parents here for a moment. Don't be fearful for your kid's future if they carry the presence of God. Huh. Because what else do we need? The presence. I was never fearful for my kids when they went to school, when they went to workplaces and those sorts of things. Why? Because I understood that they carried the very presence of God. And when we carry the very presence of God, it changes who we are. When I walk into a situation and I've had opportunity and need to walk into some very dark situations, I remember getting a frantic phone call from a parent once whose child was about to commit suicide. And, you know, and, and as a youth pastor, I went there very unequipped, didn't understand what to do. But I went to this kid's bedroom and I sat with this kid for a few hours, and I didn't walk in there with fear, even though I felt unequipped. I didn't walk in there with fear. I walked in there with a confidence. Why? Because I carried the very presence of God with me. And by the end of that hour, whatever time we spent, he'd settled down and he was okay. And guess what? He's still alive today. 
some 20 years later, still alive today. Now you might say, but isn't that a dark situation? Oh, it's a dark situation, but we need to bring light wherever we go. We need to bring the salt wherever we go. You know, I've walked into other situations where people have been very threatening, like murderous threatenings. You know, and I've walked in and they've, they've looked at me and go, well, I didn't think you would turn up. And it's like, well, I had to turn up, didn't I? And he goes, well, aren't you scared? I said, oh, I'm not scared. I actually said to one guy in particular, I said, you can kill me if you like, but you're not going to kill me. You're only going to kill the tent that I wear and my spirit lives on. And he went, oh, fair enough. And for the next two hours, we sat down, we talked about the things of God and, and those sorts of things. Why did I, was I afraid? Oh, yes, I was afraid. Did I go there with fear and trembling? Because fear is a, fear's a good thing in some areas of our life. I'm afraid to stick my hand on the hot plate at home. Why am I afraid to do that? Because I know what the result will be. And so not all fear is bad, but I didn't allow the fear to stop me. Why? Because I had his presence in my life and I was able to walk into that situation with confidence. Why? Because I carry light which overcomes darkness. Why do we do that? Because we're the church. What else do we carry? We carry his hope. In a hopeless world that we live in, our Prime Minister many years ago, it was actually um, John Howard, he made a statement. He said, this is the first generation we're raising in Australia without hope. And when he said that, I said, no, no. Don't instill in our young people that there is no hope. Because I want to tell you, when you understand who you are in Christ, there is all hope. There is all hope. Why? Because we carry his hope as his church. We carry his message. There is a message that only you get to tell. Come on, church. There is a message that only the church can tell. Our schools won't tell the message. Our politician won't tell the message. Parents who aren't born again won't tell the message. We have the privilege and the honour to be carriers of his message. We carry his spirit. The same spirit, we sang about it today, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us. Why? Because we're the church. And if the church is silent in this hour, then that message will die in this generation. We have a message that needs to be spoken by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to finish. We're going to finish with this verse today. So let's go to Mark chapter 16. You know the Great Commission? We know the Great Commission, do we not? Yeah, Matthew 28. Well, Mark 16 is the other recording of the Great Commission. And sometimes we don't focus on the Great Commission in Mark 16. I think some of it's because of these next two verses that I'm going to read. It says this, Mark 16, verses 17 and 18. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Can I say it this way today? These miraculous signs will accompany the church. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. They will drink any poisonous, uh, any, they will drink anything poisonous. It won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Why? Because we're the church. Because we carry the very power of Jesus, power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Now, 
as human beings, we're really good at taking things out of context, are we not? There are cults, there are cults in our world that will have bags of snakes that if you want to believe, be a believer, you have to reach in and you have to grab the snakes and pull them out. Why? Because this is what it says. It says that we'll be able to pick up snakes and they won't hurt us. I'll let you in a secret. I don't want to pick up no snake. I'm just putting it out there. A little while ago when my youngest son was still at home, I said to him, if you want to get a pet, we can have that conversation. And he said, well, I'd like a snake. And I went like this. I went, as far as I'm concerned, it would be okay. But I don't think you're going to get it past mum. I don't think she's going to want a snake in the house. Now, he was talking about a non-poisonous snake and, and all that sort of stuff. And let me... Parents, I'll, I'll just let you in on another secret. Never commit to your child getting a pet that you're not willing to look after for the rest of your life. Because <laughs> that's what happens. Our current dog is not my dog. It belongs to my son. So we're not talking about being stupid. We're not talking about going, well, you know what? It says I can drink anything poisonous, so I'm going home and snacking on Roundup. I'm going home and I'm going to test this theory. No, come on, church, we need to be real about this. And I think the truth is this, though. That's the power, though. That's the power we have. The power we have is this, is that nothing can harm us outside of the will of God. And so we need to understand that as the church, we carry not just the Spirit, but we carry the power of the Holy Spirit upon our life and we need to as the church we need to step up in our identity and we need to not just understand who we are we need to be active with our identity in our day-to-day -day life so let's all stand up this morning let the church arise I, I am so glad that I am greater than something than myself I am glad that as the church, part of the church in Kyabram, that we are part of the, something greater than ourselves. In actual fact, in saying that, I had phone calls this week from both our missionaries in um, Vietnam, and they both said to say hello from them. So from Paul and Deb Hilton, they say hello. From Patrick, Patrick and Gina, they say hello as well. They wanted to pass on their thanks for the um, faithfulness of living water sowing into their life. So um, I feel like I've done that now so I can sleep tonight. But we need to understand that we are, we are part of a worldwide organisation. Over the world, even places where they've said church cannot exist, guess what? They're the places that church is very healthy. The moment they say church cannot meet, guess what? It goes underground and it still meets and it still grows. So you will never be able to stop the church. Why? Because we understand the reality of eternity. It's not something we can... When you've been affected and when you understand the reality of eternity, you can't just flick that off and on. And I look at people's eyes some days who don't know Jesus Christ and their eyes give it away. They are living a life 
where the Bible says the devil is continually robbed, killing, destroying out of their life, but he comes that we might have life and life to the full. And my heart breaks. I don't understand why people don't want to accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour of their life. I just don't get it. And you know why I don't get it, though? Because I've tasted and seen that he is good. And we need to understand that if you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you need to display that to the world around us. Why? Because you are the church. So please, I didn't want to just do the coach rant today. But I did. You know why? Why? Because we need to get it. We need to understand that society ain't going to do our job. Government's not going to do our job. Schools aren't going to do our job. Parents aren't going to do our job. We are the church and we have a message that is not only valid, we have a message that is super important. We have the power of the Holy Spirit upon our life. And you know what that means? Is we need to step out. We need to stop letting the devil come to us and saying, well, you, you have nothing of value to give. You have everything of value to give. Why? Because you're the church. Hey, God, we want to thank you that Jesus, when you came, you just didn't come to save us from sin. You didn't just come to offer us a way of salvation. You spent three and a half years establishing church. You spent three and a half years setting up your disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And because of that moment, because they understood who they were, because they understood they were the church, wherever they went, churches were established. Why? Because that's your pattern. And so we understand that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. So Lord, I pray this week that you will help us to take the message, the presence, that we will take the power of the Holy Spirit and wherever we go, we would recognise and understand that that is available for all who come in contact with us. In your wonderful name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabra. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.